Welcome to Nice Talk, the crypto show by NiceHash, where we feature expert commentary from around the industry. My name is Joe, and I'm Chief Marketing Officer at NiceHash. Joining me today is Marco, our mining hardware manager. And our special guest, we are very delighted to announce, is Wilkie Trey from LoanMiner, the mastermind behind LoanMiner. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and how you got started with mining? Oh, how I get started with mining. Um, well, if I'm, I'm really thinking about it, it all started uh, in this kind of uh, gold rush in um, 2017, I guess it was. So from crypto perspective, I'm, I'm rather a crypto noob still. Well, four years now, but uh, anyways. Uh, well, it was a, a time for me personally where, where a lot of things in my life uh, kind of have settled. Yeah, kids were born and house was built. And so, uh, well, you, you, you start roaming a little bit around and uh, getting interested into new stuff because you, you just have the time for that. And, uh, well, crypto got my attention somewhat in early 17. So it was uh, uh, luckily before all these huge pumps. But then, um, well, uh, I, I've kind of got interested in all this technology and the opportunities and wanted to somewhat invest in it, but uh, didn't have that much money to actually invest. <laughs> Not so much left. So, um, well, mining uh, was a kind of nice opportunity. Uh, well, with the own graphic card you, you've got at home and, uh, well, your energy provider literally giving you a kind of credit. Yeah, you can get crypto now, can spend the energy now, but pay later for it. And, uh, well, that, that was kind of the, the start in uh, 2017, mostly mining a little bit of Zcash. Um, well, because that was just the hype time um, of that currency back then. Of course, also did did a lot of other stuff, trying to trade a little bit, but that turns out I'm a rather bad trader. <laughs> and, uh, well, also did some, some of these typical beginner mistakes um, in the very beginning, uh, putting putting some, like, two E's uh, into some kind of crypto Ponzi, for example. <laughs> yeah, this, this beginner mistakes you always do, always kind of do. Yeah, or at probably least some of, uh, ICOs. ICOs were popular at the time. Yeah, were very popular, but uh, I only joined one or two because uh, most of the projects, well, ICOs were later that year. And that, at that point, I already learned some stuff and also learned, uh, well, that not every project that's shining bright actually uh, <laughs> is a good one. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very true. So can you tell us a bit more about how you got the inspiration to start your own miner, to create your own miner? Well, that was uh, later than in 2017, so the very same year. Um, I've got a personal background. I've studied uh, computational math, so also already with a, with a kind of background into uh, computer optimization stuff. And uh, because I was a miner myself, um, was kind of interested that moment about, okay, how, how does all of this actually work? Yeah, and well, you've studied this stuff, you weren't that bad during your study. Um, isn't it something, if anyone can build this, uh, shouldn't you also be able to do so? And uh, so I, I've 
um, especially looked up how did um, Equihash, so the proof of work behind Zcash work, and then found luckily a coin that was, well, somewhere placed 200, 300 in the uh, coin market cap list at that date. And um, yeah, then, then just started, okay, can you try implementing this proof of work on your own? It took almost like three or four months until I had the very, very, very basic first version ready. It was for me like uh, more like a research search project. Yeah. Can you do this on your own? Are you able to, uh, to yourself um, find a valid share? And uh, well, <laughs> this was how it all started. Uh, I need to say it kind of escalated <laughs> a little bit after that. Yeah. Good story. Uh, so why did you name your miner LOL miner? I mean, as far as I know, uh, lolly deep means lolly thief in German. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that is true. Uh, well, the, the, <laughs> the name LOL miner just came from the first uh, three letters of my nicknames. <laughs> There's not, not that much story behind so, it. Um, well, the nickname itself had its origin almost uh, 20 years, 90 years ago, uh, when we were like uh, end years in high school and we were a, a small group of, of uh, students uh, playing StarCraft. <laughs> and uh, well, till then we, we just, I can't even remember what nickname I had till then, uh, but well, we weren't that successful in playing. Um, but one day we, we had we had a game against some some kids from Asia, and uh, <laughs> well, that that single one turned out to be particularly good. And some of my friends just said, "Oh, hey, you stole that kid his lollipop." <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was kind of the origin of of, of that uh, yeah of that nickname. So uh, years, really years ago, and uh, somehow I did stick to that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh, it's cool. it is kind of it, it, it is kind of unique. You don't uh, find that one too often, so I, I was okay with that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so, uh, today, today with with some with some minor, I, I need to say uh, some people already told me. Well, uh, we first didn't really use your software because we considered it to be a joke. Um, well. I, saw I remember the first time I saw it. Yeah, I also saw just the, I, the lol part. I, I, I saw it sometime uh, to to change the name actually, but on the other hand, well, no, it is kind of a brand for itself, so uh, mm. it feels a little bit hard exactly. uh, than than changing the name. Um, and also on the other hand, as are kids today playing a game that's uh, shortcutted lol, and they take it pretty serious. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so is it just you who maintains the, the miner or do you have other people who are involved as well? Uh, well, when it comes to, to coding, I'm mostly doing that um, myself. So uh, I, I had the one or two times where I actually did contact other uh, miner developers uh, if one should somewhat team up, but uh, somehow that, that never really happened. Um, I've got one, two people, Jay, if you're listening, hi, uh, that are now the last year helping me, uh, giving community support and doing some testing. 
uh, because it turned out that this is taking uh, quite a lot of time and uh, I, I really like more to to deep dive into the codes and so uh, I'm quite happy uh, yeah I've got some people helping me with that but uh, most of the coding stuff I'm still doing on my own yeah and how does your day work like like mm, like a lot of uh, code tweaks or hardware testing what's the the biggest chunk of the the work you do um well it is you mean, you mean uh, how, how does how does the day look like how yeah. does the day to day yeah well it, it isn't really a 9 to 5 job um well as it never is when you are uh, freelancing something um it kind of already starts very early in, in the morning. The first thing I'm doing is, is opening Telegram and have a look if uh, I've got some messages from uh, from the Far East or Eastern Russia. Yeah, those people usually are up more early than me. Uh, having a look if they have got something, um, well, or found something, some bugs, for example, I urgently need to solve for them. Uh, well, then it's usually breakfast, bringing kids to school. And well, after then the the actual coding time really starts, and it's it's really a mix. You don't do every day exactly the same stuff. Um, some days are, are just brainstorming. Okay, what's the next thing to do? Uh, some days are then the code work. Um, most of the time, you're actually debugging <laughs> because, as, yes. as you can imagine, yeah. when, when you when you when you're uh, running a mining algorithm, um, you need to be one hundred percent precise yeah um if you're just one bit off in in any place uh well then you'll end up with false solutions um or other problems and so uh, really a lot of time is going in, into the testing and the debugging stuff um because you need to be 100 percent sure your code is exactly doing what it's supposed to do yeah okay maybe just one off uh, off topic question are you only working on lolmine right now or is this your like part-time job? Uh, well, I, I, uh, it is now my full-time job. Uh, it had been a okay. part-time job until um, about second half of last year. Um, so in, in uh, about September, uh, it, it was my, my full-time job. Uh, I've still got a, a second part-time job besides uh, still having my old job, um, but only with reduced working hours at the... Uh, university at a local university here maintaining a big computer cluster <laughs> yeah but i'm not allowed to mine there unfortunately <laughs> i i'd love to we got some pretty nice nvidia server cards here but I... <laughs> oh, well. not a lot to test there what a pity so can you Let's talk a little bit more about the the basics of mining, like what what actually is happening when you when you're mining. So maybe we can start off with uh, with what is a, a job, a mining job. What's a mining job? Oof. <laughs> okay, and how detailed do you need that explained? <laughs> let's just start with like a basic uh, a basic overview. Uh, so so uh, okay. Very basic overview. Um, well, I, ca I can try to explain it like I would explain it to my son. <laughs> it's like five or six. Yep. That would be great. That would be the I best know, explanation. He, he's soon turned seven. So, um, 
Well, if I'm, I'm going to explain to him what, what is a, the job that needs to be done, uh, consider you've got a, a room full of Lego bricks, yeah? And, um, and I'm kind of building small robots that have the property they are resorting these bricks. But unfortunately, those robots only got uh, kind of one function. Yeah, they are always doing exactly the same order of operations in that room. So what is mining doing is, is kind of you throw in a bunch of Lego bricks, let this robot operate and have a look. OK, what's the result of it? And our goal is uh, to, to find a, a kind of initial configuration for the room, uh, having it all sorted to one side and the other side is completely cleaned up. Unfortunately, you really, really, really need to uh, test a lot of configurations. So uh, in that sense, uh, yeah, I'm kind of the, the robot builder and the miners are those uh, providing the rooms and uh, trying to have as much rooms as anyhow possible. So they can uh, test a lot of configurations and let the robot do this work. So and, uh, this is pretty similar to what, what mining is. Yeah, You're testing a lot of nonsense uh, to find a valid block header um, with the, the property of uh, having um, yeah, a low, low or no other way around, a high difficulty. So uh, all the bits in the result, um, well, needs to give a, a large number that is low enough in the end. Okay, so when you when you think you found the correct uh, solution and uh, send it back to the node, that's a uh, share. That... Um, well, maybe, maybe you can a, tell more about mining share. A, a, a little, What's a mining a share? A little bit more than that. Um, well, most mining shares actually are kind of uh, useless when it comes to the perspective of creating a block. Mining share is something, um, yeah, when, when you have a solution that is already good, but uh, not really good enough. Yeah, when, when the, um, this is kind of made, um, and the, the key word here is, is, is a difficulty. Each blockchain has a certain difficulty set that allows you, okay, when you found a solution hitting that difficulty or better, uh, then you're allowed to attach the next block to the chain. Yeah. And, um, well, whom I'm explaining that, you know that as well as me, but uh, well, for the audience. Yeah, it's, and, it's um, for our users, well, of for, course. For a mining pool, a mining pool now decides, hmm, it's not enough for me just to find the blocks. Yeah, then you could also do some uh, solo mining. Instead, they need somehow to measure, okay, how much uh, or how fast are the connected clients? Yeah, just because uh, they somehow need to uh, fairly share uh, the block rewards afterwards, and that is done by the speed the miners actually provide. So what they do is they don't send the miners uh, the difficulty to create a new block uh, because, well, that would be far too high and most clients never would actually find one. Instead, they're sending kind of a yeah, lower difficulty. And so a share is something already matching this lower difficulty. So the mining pools can estimate the speed of your software, uh, of, of your mining rig, uh, by the rate they're getting this low difficulty shares. Uh, translating to our Lego bricks uh, robot, it would be a kind of solution. Okay, we've got the first half square meter on the one side 
cleaned up, but uh, it's not completed yet. It's not as much as we needed. Yeah, and then taking a photo of that and sending it to grandma. Well, we started. <laughs> That's a share. Yeah. Maybe it's it's worth noting that, uh, as far as I know, shares are um, the price of the share. I mean, the, how much you get paid per share is uh, is dependent on the difficulty of the share. So, uh, a share uh, with higher difficulty will be worth more than a share with lower difficulty. Um, yeah, that's uh, quite quite connected to the difficulty the pool sends. The, the pool is interested in getting a good record about how fast the miner actually is. So, uh, of course, it can send uh, different difficulties to different miners and then uh, putting some weight on them. Uh, kind of balancing the, the rate they're getting shares, um, the network traffic they want to have um, with the accuracy of... Uh, the measurement yeah As the more shares you got the the more accurate um the uh the measurement will be you could set the on the, on the pool side on the pool side that's yeah. why on on the pool side the hash rate like jumps up and down exactly. it's not very stable well and when, when you when you're a home miner with just one or two gpus well then obviously uh you need a lower difficulty uh, to set the same amount of shares as someone running a big farm with three or four giga hash yeah that's kind yeah. of the, the the peak some people have at home or the really large farms that, that go into the um tens to one hundreds of giga hash scale yeah they are obviously uh, running at a much higher difficulty uh, well just because let's say having one share every 15 to 20 seconds is perfectly fine for the pool yeah that's more than enough to to get a good picture of what's going on on the other side. Um, can you explain for users what exactly happens when user starts mining? Like what starts happening with his computer? <laughs> well, the very first thing uh, that's always happening then is um, the computer starts establishing a, a connection um, to, the, to the pool. Uh, grabbing what exactly work to, to be worked on. And uh, for the most algorithms, um, this ends, then just add, ends up in um, yeah some OpenCL or CUDA kernel launches. Okay, this is our work we got from the pool. That's a difficulty we want to mine on. Okay, fire and go. And then, well, most of the CPU during that time is idle, just waiting for either new jobs on the one side arriving so it can update the GPU work or collecting um, collecting stuff from, from the GPU that's uh, spinning like almost all the time. Once we have found something that potentially could make a share, um, we usually do a kind of CPU check then. So uh, verifying if everything is okay um with a share um or if we have something defect and then again putting in a, a message over the network okay this is the nonce we found uh please recognize the share that that's mo mostly mostly what's what's happening behind so uh okay i just have an, another question regarding uh so when a cpu checks the, the share if there were multiple shares like re really fast shares would that put a lot of load on the cpu yeah, if you've got it, or, or is that load very minimal? Um, well, it depends. Let's say the the usual 
runtime, uh, let's say, of, of a mining CPU, like an Intel Atom Celeron, yeah, something very slow. Uh, for an ESH um, share, it needs about four to five milliseconds checking time. So, uh, well, and this is then just using one of the CPU cores. So as long as you stay like below 30, 40 shares per second, then, then it starts getting a little bit close on, on the uh, CPU capacities. Um, but as long as you, you're above that, it's not really an issue. So because you, you just need to imagine the scale of all of this, yeah, the GPU uh, is checking like 30, 40, 50 million shares, uh, no, not shares, um, nonces per second. Yeah, and the CPU just need to uh, validate one of them. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's okay. Yep. <laughs> Cool. So let's talk a little bit more about the, the actual development of, of the miner. So which environment do you find easier to work with, uh, AMD or NVIDIA or, or why? Which one and why? Oh, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, usually uh, NVIDIA is a little bit more easier. Uh, AMD is a little bit more, more complicated. Uh, but that mostly comes... Um, it's because of the tools provided. Um, at least when, when you're doing CUDA, it's usually a little bit easier to um, to really get a good performance out of the box just uh, with the provided tools. Um, on AMD, actually, their, their own OpenCL compiler, at least the old ones when I started, uh, weren't really good. Uh, that changed quite a lot, I need to say, recently with... Um, with the introduction of ROCKM uh, because that, that compilers are much better and also allow some uh, stuff like uh, inlining assembly and, uh, well, yeah, in, inlining assembly code to, to overcome the OpenCL standard itself. Yeah, when you're coding in pure OpenCL, uh, of course, it doesn't make much difference if you're running AMD or NVIDIA, yeah, just take the pure code and sending it to the GPU and see what comes out of it. The problem is you're then restricted to what the language uh, provides to you. So some functionality of the GPU is completely missing when you, when you just stick to the standard. That's different, of course, with CUDA, because often um, new instruction sets that are provided for, for the new GPUs uh, that are shipped with these new GPUs are also provided within CUDA rather quickly. Uh, on OpenCL, this latency is much, much longer until something founds uh, its way into the standard. So you're more forced, uh, yeah, inserting own assembly code. And, uh, well, the very old AMD compilers uh, were not able to do that at all. Yeah, you weren't able to inline, so you need to rely on external tools and uh, then really code very close to the middle because, uh, well, when you're not able to inline assembly, you need to do it like all in assembly. Yeah, that making it harder. On the other hand, um, I have some feeling on AMD, you got a little bit more control when you're coding so close. Um, for example, like um, allocating registers on the GPU, that's something uh, where, where you have more control over an AMD code, um, really optimizing it to, to the detail, but uh, well, you, you need to 
come quite a long way to, to get there. Um, the first 1.5 years uh, of LawMiner, I almost didn't do that. I, I just tried to write codes uh, that the compilers like somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it, 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 it needs a quite a lot of detailed knowledge and also it changes from GPU generation to generation. Yeah, And assembly code working for AMD Vega doesn't work for uh, the big Navi generation. Yeah, so uh, you... For as far as I know, the NVIDIA is far more consistent when it, it comes. It to is more more consistent. At least now, um, well, at least in theory, my my Pascal code still could run on um, on Turing and Ampere. In theory, in fact, I'm having a little bit different code just because of the optimization side. Yeah, um, new code variant work better on them, while the other code variant work better on the Pascal card. So, uh, well, I I still wrote two codes, but in general, when you want to do a, a kind of quick release, okay, here's some new card. Uh, it is uh, much quicker having a reasonable uh, release on on Nvidia than on AMD. At least till now. Maybe what? Yeah. What's the most uh, like challenging part when it comes to optimizing the the miner? Mm. Oh, there are a lot of challenging parts in that. Uh, first of all, obviously having an idea at all. <laughs> okay, what do I need yeah. to change to make this quicker? What what could be done? What what? Haven't I tried yet? Yeah, the basic questions. Uh, recently, what I need to say is um, what's bugging me quite a lot is the correlation between uh, what your own testings were doing and um, how it then turns out to work in the wild. Um, just for for example, I've had some some code that did quite well on my uh, NVIDIA LHR cards, and then. Um, also in our testing, it was perfectly fine. But then later on, we observed, even though this code is correct and it is fast, it was not a really good choice uh, to ship it to the miners um, because uh, we saw some people running with, with very, very high memory overclocks. And it turned out this code on the very high overclocks produced more invalids, was more unstable than the previous one. This is something you don't necessarily detect when you're testing, um, at least not because, well, your own test rig has some, some standard set and you're always testing kind of against the same configuration to make sure your tests are kind of consistent. But then when it comes to some strange hardware configurations or some people uh, running uh, extreme clocks, well, then it could be the older cone that was in fact a tiny bit slower, like 0.1 mega hash missing. It's actually the better choice for them because it is more stable. Hmm. And uh, this is this is kind of very challenging. Uh, some some things you really only recognize when it's shipped uh, to the miners, and sadly not before. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about uh, drivers? Drivers can often be issues for for mining. So can you can you tell us what kind of impact do they have when you when you're actually coding, is that problematic? Um, depends a little bit. Most most of the time, they're not that problematic uh, because you kind of try to run the same kernel code across uh, multiple drivers uh, just to make it consistent somewhat. 
to have a consistent um, yeah, performance for all of the users. There's some rare situations uh, where the, the actual driver uh, matters. Um, most, most of the time recently uh, with a NVIDIA LHR cards, um, that's, that's something where we observed, okay, the one driver allows us a little bit more speed than the other one, yeah, just because the lock uh, is working different. And there, um, there you need to, to put a bit more attention on the driver version. And of course, um, what's always interesting is uh, the compatibility, um, especially with AMD cards. AMD is kind of known for sometimes just changing their, their uh, kernel format. And so uh, we had this strange situation, for example, when uh, RX uh, 6700 was released. It did work perfectly well with the drivers that were out that time with the kernel we did build for the bigger Navi cards for the um, 6800. Yeah, it was working very well. And then later on, they released a new driver version where the 6800 was still working with exactly the same kernel, but the 6700 stopped working with exactly the same kernel. And that was kind of the, uh, the situation where, where you saw a lot of uh, miners releasing new versions uh, fixed compatibility with newer AMD drivers just because well, we really said that and said why? Why are you forcing us to provide new kernels? The old ones with the old drivers were still working perfectly. Um, yeah. Um, sometimes we're just shaking it. Okay, why they did that now? <laughs> Was it really necessary? Probably a new developer in in AMD. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know why that had happened, but it's it's not only a problem for mining, it's wherever you have binary kernels shipped to your customers, uh, just because you, you don't want uh, your kernel codes to be easily leaked uh, to the public. Uh, all of this software, also uh, when you do uh, image, um, yeah, some, some kind of picture processing and, and stuff like that, or video processing, and they, in, in the case they got native kernels, they also now need to do a patch for those newer drivers. So uh, sometimes that can, that can be very annoying, yeah. Uh, is there a specific algorithm that's easy to work with? Like for someone who wants to start developing its own miner, what algorithm is the, the most simple one to work with from uh, your experience? The most simple one. Hmm. Uh, I likely go with what is simple. Well, it, it, in fact, Equihash isn't that complicated. Mm, but now from the more recent ones, I'd say mm, stuff like, like Blake2B or uh, now this uh, new um, from... Um, op 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 optical, optical Bitcoin, this uh, heavy hash. For example, heavy hash algorithm. Yeah, I heard about it. Um, yeah, that um, those are, those are algorithms that, that are rather simple uh, from from their design. Unfortunately, most of them um, that are so simple are also very uh, core heavy, and so um, likely at some point will be run on on FPGAs or ASICs. But uh, to get a first idea what's what's going on there, um, that, that could be a good start. 
It's a, there are a lot, lot, lot of interesting algorithms out there. So also ESH, in fact, isn't that complicated. Um, what makes it complicated in the end is that the, the level across the miners is, is very, very high. Yeah? Uh, to get a good performance out of it, you need to spend a lot of time making it good. But for an initial code, just testing, okay, can I get this working? It's, it's uh, quite well suited. So another thing that's uh, curious about is your code is all assigned. This is one of the reasons why we include it into the NiceHash miner. Can you, you comment a bit on why someone would not wish to do this, this with their code? A lot of developers don't wish to come forward, and I think it's really great that you, you know, come and talk, and it's fascinating what you're uh, talking about. But a lot of people don't want to come forward with their identities. Why do you think they will be afraid? Oof. Hard to say. Well, uh, Marco had bugged me quite a long time <laughs> until <laughs> I, I finally did that code signing. I was also thinking about that. Uh, well, in the end, it was kind of, okay, I've got not that much to lose because uh, my real name was uh, also Googleable uh, before. And, um, well, but of course, you, you're giving kind of prize a part of your identity. And, um, well, let's say, most most of the miners today are, are kind of developed in, in small projects like mine. Yeah, okay, I'm now only a single developer, but also all the others. If you, if you look to, I guess, G-Miner are also two people or three. Team Redminer, two people. Uh, T-Rex is only one as far as I know. Um, all of those, those, are, those aren't big companies. Yeah, so you can't really register um, your certificate to to a company uh, but rather need to stand there with your own name your own home address um, at least if you if you shy of the work uh, registering something for that and i'm not sure i i guess um, just the guess some some think okay i've got not that much to gain uh, the miner already is, is running fine everywhere so why should i uh, kind of uh, compromise my privacy. <laughs> yeah, um, this way they're, they're acting now. They can make this uh, claim or move uh, much better by just disappearing at some point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think it's uh, it's very important for the industry to like be, I mean, get more secure. You know, uh, that's something Knice tries to do. Yeah. Get mining software more secure because uh as happened as could happen with any software you know the we warned that a lot that anonymous uh, developers could just like plant a bomb long time ago in their software and people are whitelisting its software and you never know what happens you know yeah. maybe yeah for, for me security always was was a kind of an important point too that was in the end also why i said okay um my name already can be connected with a minor okay here i stand with my name that this software is okay um also the software is kind of designed if you turn the uh, lock function off then uh, for most algorithms it can uh, work just with uh, turning any write permissions off. So you can run it on a hard drive without uh, it's writing anything. Um, that was kind of important. Also, it, it doesn't connect any other servers than just 
the stratum connection for the user and well my fee connection those are the two that are necessary but nothing more yeah you can wire shark it it uh, doesn't send anything else um of course the 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 fee connection today is mostly encrypted uh but that is also kind of in the interest of the users, we just had that in, in China that a lot of people were concerned about, okay, can my network traffic kind of traced uh, because it's a great firewall now filtering minor traffic. And uh, well, that uh, that was a concern. Okay, if my traffic is safe, is also the fee connection safe? Yeah, because that also could uh, give the authorities a hint. And uh, well, that, that is an important topic. I think that uh, Microsoft is, I mean, the, all antivirus softwares <laughs> uh, have a big deal here because it's every, everyone is blocking minor software. Yeah. I think that's a bad thing because people are then whitelisting it and just making a like free freeway for the for everybody. <laughs> at, around. At, at this point, maybe a small anecdote. My very first versions of Law Miner were so badly written that not even the antivirus detected it as, as minor software. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was in the very beginning. And uh, well, the, the day, the first time my antivirus told me, ah, we found an instance of uh, Win32 Coin Miner, I was kind of happy. Okay, I, I'm taking <laughs> that as a quality certificate for myself. Um, because the very list. first versions were. Yeah, was were, were really badly written. Uh, that evolved a lot since then. They were also cross compiled. Yeah, my very first Windows versions were kind of unstable because I did develop them completely in Linux and then uh, did just a, a cross compile to to Windows, and that turned out um, not to be that good choice. Yeah, starting with my second year, then I, I started developing right Windows software uh, using uh, Microsoft's own compilers. And uh, then it got better, much better. Okay, uh, I have another question about optimizing the algorithms we talked about before. Uh, how far are we to one hundred percent theoretical speed on ETHash? Like, how optimized is that algorithm generally? Um... Across the popular cards, quite a lot, especially if you think about. Um... Um, the RX uh, 580 with timing mod, um, same, yeah. same with uh, 5700 and the new big Navi cards. Um, on all of them, we are above, let's say, 96% of the theoretical output. Um, yeah. Similar for, for NVIDIA Ampere, uh, the full hash rate cards. Um, there we are also closing in above 96% of uh, having hash rate compared with the theoretical output um, the memory could have. Well, we had one or two miners claiming even more hash rate than, than, uh, theori than, theoretical. than theoretical possible, <laughs> uh, but that are rather rare occurrences. Uh, most are not that, <laughs> that bold on their claims. Um, yeah, the, there was this... Um, uh, no, I'm not, not, not naming it now. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, well, for other cards, it, it, it looks different, um, especially if you think about uh, AMD Vega cards. 
um, there, for example, the team red miner is like um, five to 10% quicker than any other software. Uh, and even that one is not reaching the theoretical available bandwidth. So uh, not really sure what needs to be done to actually achieve that. Uh, but this is kind of still a miracle. Um, other cards, well, seem to suffer a little bit from the memory controller, like NVIDIA Turing generation. Um, usually a yeah, 2080, uh, um, 2080 should be much quicker than it actually is. Um, but there, there's some room left, but I'm not really sure if it's accessible for, for this kind of algorithm or if it's just a thing that uh, the way the memory controllers work is not that compatible with, with the algorithm. It, it could also be a memory timing thing. Yeah? On, on Turing, you see uh, memory timing can uh, no longer be really modified. Um, and so the performance there is actually lagging behind what, uh, yeah, what it's dropping. What, what could be, while on Pascal generation you had a similar theoretic bandwidth to hash ratio in the beginning, but later on came the memory timing hex, and then it went up. Yeah, and for for Ampere, there they kind of fixed uh, fixed that and uh, using much more sharp default timings, and that helps a lot. Um, so. Yeah, how much, how close are we to 100%? Well, for the popular cards, we're, we're pretty close. There can be found maybe half a percent, I think, plus minus. So the next next question from that would be LHR. So what's it like to to work with the LHR cards? How, how challenging is it? I imagine it's quite difficult when, when you're working with these, but when you do achieve something and you do crack one, it must be a pretty good feeling, right? Uh, well, it is. <laughs> uh, it had it, it, it had uh, kind kind of a, an up and down. Uh, the very first uh, hack we found for those cards on the uh, thirty sixty back then was running two miners in parallel and recognizing, okay, my ease hash hash rate almost doesn't go down. Then we started throttling the second miner running in parallel, make it slower, and so okay, our ease hash hash rate is actually going up. What is that? Yeah, we're now mining something small in parallel to ESH. Both are hashing and ESH is quicker than locked. Okay, so that means we need to be unlocked. Uh, and additionally got some work done by, by the second kernel. Yeah, and that, uh, that was back then the, the hint uh, how to work within. Um, so obviously uh, they needed to be busy with, with something different than ESH or with some additional instruction uh, to make them unlock. Um, today, it, it almost is, is a little bit like handling with a with an razor blade. Yeah, you, you really try to pin this edge. Okay, I'm just not locking because then you're, you're getting uh, the most hash rate out of it. Yeah, spend as few time as anyhow possible on the, well, whatever you you used to distract the, the driver from, do not recognize this. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, of course, that is very uplifting the moment you, you find it, found a good solution, um, of course. It also can be kind of, um, well, I also had my bad moments with it when I thought, okay, I've got a good code, ship that to the miners and um, 
uh, well, then it turns out, okay, for most of the miners, it doesn't work that well. Mm -hmm. Shit happens. Uh, also, of course, during the development, um, I had this, this hack for the 3060 very, very early on the old drivers. Then I installed the new drivers and recognized, okay, it doesn't work. Did tweak one or two small parameters. Mm, it still doesn't work. Okay, screw it. Obviously, they fixed it somewhat. That was my thought. And then later on, I saw a NB miner doing, um, doing the first move for the version two cards. And then I thought, okay, what the heck did they do? Why did they get it to work and me not? And uh, well, in the end, it turned out my Y1 code already was quite good. I just needed to, to turn uh, the parameters more into the extreme because the version one codes all did aim to almost 80% of the speed. But uh, actually, we then started with 69 to 70% on, uh, on the newer drivers. So I just didn't get do enough. And the day I found that out, I was sitting there, oh, fuck. I could have had the, <laughs> I could have, I could have had the solution much earlier. Yeah, I could have had this three months ago. But uh, yeah, I, I, now I'm a little bit late to the party. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but of, of course, it is, it is somewhat interesting. It's also binding a lot of your attention uh, because uh, this is a domain where, where there's still a, a lot of stuff um, to gain, yeah, we, we had gains of one to 2% uh, from one code generation to the next one. And um, this is of course much more interesting than writing the 30s, 40s iteration of your eSash code again to gain 0.02%. <laughs> um, yeah, there's much, much more gain in it. On the other hand, it obviously, it, it binds uh, own resources. I urgently need to do something about my AMD codes. I'm not telling exactly that for half a year. It's about time. They get a little bit more attention. Yeah. And um, what does the ideal uh, algorithm consist of? GPU algorithm. So for aspiring developers out there. So you, so you, so you mean if, if, if I now would set up a new coin and uh, adding a proof of work, how should they look like? Or Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, first of all, it's unlikely I would launch a coin today. <laughs> uh, just, just because, uh, well, we, we recently saw uh, there are a lot of projects with their own blockchain out there, but more popular recently are those that are just uh, building upon uh, an already existing platform. Anyways, um, for an idea proof of work today, I would kind of uh, make it again memory heavy when it targets GPUs, because when you're uh, too compute heavy, you're opening the door very much for FPGAs. And uh, well, if it's compute only for ASICs, um, so again, very memory heavy, then I would take, when you have memory access, then um, 64 better 128 uh, bytes chunks, um, just because uh, else you're running into a situation like with, with ergo mining, uh, where you can't really saturate the bandwidth of, of the GPUs um, because, well, they have, 
they're cache lines, technical property, you always need to uh, fetch a complete cache line. And well, when um, you're below 46, for some architectures, 128 bytes in a row, well, then you're actually wasting bandwidth. And um, well, so to balance AMD and NVIDIA cards, I'd go for something similar to ESH, but maybe with a modification um, to have about as many write as read accesses with the idea that then uh, the LHR limitation don't trigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we tested that. Uh, I, I did a kind of uh, inverse ETH hash that um, instead of reading the memory addresses was writing to exactly the same addresses. Yeah, and, and then to test, okay, what happens? Yeah, like writing random elements of the deck all of the time. And if you do so, the luck, it doesn't trigger. You're almost running at 100% possible speed. So uh, uh, yeah, to, to, to get around that, I would then mix read and write operations. Um, that has a little bit the, the drawback that you can't overclock as high, um, especially the memory, because you're uh, going to run into more uh, defects um, on the written data on high overclocks than on the read data. So uh, it would cause a little bit less overclock but on, well, yeah, else it's, it's a good idea. 128 byte access, read and write equally mixed, then you're fine. <laughs> the direction so to take. Let's, let's see if that comes out. <laughs> That'll be interesting. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the, um, the future of, of GP mining. You're talking about uh, ETHash. So we all know Ethereum going to proof of stake. As a developer of, of software, how do you how do you see this play out? Do you think it's going to be really challenging, or do you think it will play out a natural course? A question is not what is the natural course in that sense. Um, uh, I don't think we have that sample size yet <laughs> to, to really to really tell what 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 what, 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 what could be the natural way. Um, well, I think some some minor developers were, were just. Uh, yeah, as mentioned before, do this uh, claim or move and then suddenly disappear. <laughs> and uh, well, because now it's quite natural. Now is the time for all of us uh, where we make the, the most um, money out of it. And it certainly will go down a little bit uh, afterwards. Uh, others, uh, I guess me included will likely then try to uh, do other algorithms or maybe, well, before um, having the recent success with, with LawMiner, I was also kind of uh, then uh, helping uh, some projects doing, doing code work like um, well, I did wrote a reference miner for Beam back then. Uh, I did um, help Zellcache, today Flux uh, network, uh, with doing a hard fork and stuff like that. So, so maybe we will just um, work on other things. And uh, I could imagine doing that again. Uh, but also moving to other algorithms, of course. Um, creating creating new codes and trying to, to catch those GPU miners that are still left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's your prediction about all the hash rate uh, that's going to move from Ethereum to other mm -hmm. uh, 
coins, what do you think will happen regarding the hash power and uh, where, where will it go? Well, I, um, yeah, uh, I think most, most of those uh, projects that are still GPU mineable uh, will get a kind of boost in hash rate. And uh, well, that will be a kind of challenging time, um, challenging time, but with chances uh, for all the sites. Um, you need to see if you collect all of the other GPU mineable coins today, like Ethereum uh, Classic, Raven, Ergo, Beam, um, certainly missed some now, doesn't matter, Ziliqua. Um, if you collect all of their hash rates and uh, compare it with ESH, you recognize, okay, uh, we're only at 20, maybe 30%. So there will be a lot of uh, inflowing hash rates. So in the beginning, I guess we will see difficulty rising quite a lot. Uh, certainly some miners turning off. Um, yeah, but also it, it could give a boost to the coins itself um, because I'm, I personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of the theory that uh, the price of coins kind of uh, is made in a similar way as with a social network. Yeah, um, you understand when, when, you've, when you've got a social network and you're all alone there, yeah, then it's kind of worthless. Yeah, what should I do with Instagram when I'm the only person there, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it isn't really interesting. Yeah. Same with, with Facebook or TikTok. The more people you've got in that, um, the more value it gains. Yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of it kind of works. If we wouldn't have crypto, I wouldn't know you guys, for example. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, also, I, I see this this crypto scene as a kind of a network of social networks. So and miners are often kind of the, the first and the last believers in your project, uh, at least if it, if, it, if it fails the last believers, but also kind of the first. Yeah, they, they kind of give you credit. They take your currency uh, in hand and trade it. And so they're, they're, they're moving it yeah, um, after the developers. So for, for those smaller projects, it could be a kind of chance having all of this miners um, jumping on and uh, maybe they, they gain attention then. Um, Ethereum ser certainly has outgrown that phase. Yeah, there's so many projects running on the Ethereum chain today. Um, they will be okay with losing their miners, I guess. But uh, for the smaller projects, it, it really can be a chance. And uh, so um, I see the mining scene, well, they, they will go through uh, harder times, much harder times. Uh, but it won't be as bad as it could be. That's kind of my prediction. Yeah. Yep. And pro probably not as as long as people think it will be. Once once things start moving to different networks. I, so I, I also I also think that there could be some few new projects, some high projects launching exactly that time, waiting for this spot to to grab some yeah, some extra yeah, attention. Most likely, yeah. Um, I guess there will be some projects having something in the pipeline exactly for that moment to to catch the miners to give them a new home and uh, yeah, kind to to rocket start uh, the knowledge about these new projects because people will then actively search for for new projects. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Look, looking to move it, and 
just being there at the right time. Maybe j j just a word about for miners. I think the nice cache will be the most uh, used service then, seriously, because Maybe. it will utilize a lot of uh, coins. You know, there will be like imagine um, five coins be being quite equally profitable, and then you have to uh, change between all of these coins manually. You know, you have to start mining Ergo, you have to start mining Raven because it's, because it's more profitable right now. And then you have five different wallets, then you have to take care of all of these wallets. Uh, but with Nicehash, you just connect to one stratum, you leave it running and everything is taken care of. I think that's a very good uh, yeah, it, service. It definitely is also a chance for your operations, uh, of course, because, because you're, you're kind of acting like a, like a balancer. Yeah, for for all those networks, yeah, balancing the profitability yeah. so it all balances out to to a certain level. Yeah. Actually, to to get the the uh, the right attention, it would be better for the projects if people were not using Nicehash in that moment, <laughs> so people get get this coin actively in their hand. But uh, yeah, it it will both happen, I guess. So what are your thoughts on some different algorithms, like, for example, Autolycos? It's quite popular with miners and gaining a lot of traction. What are your thoughts about it and, and Ergo in general? It offers quite similar functionality to, to Ethereum. Sorry, uh, what exactly were you asking? What, what project? Um, Autolycos and Ergo. Ah, Autolycos and Ergo. Well, yeah, Ergo... Uh... <laughs> Ergo reminds me quite a lot, um, but it reminds me on, on the project I'm, I'm myself still involved in. Yeah, so uh, for transparency, I'm, uh, I'm still still a member of the Beam Foundation. Um, both projects have in common they're, they've got very, very ambitious uh, roadmaps, but also not only ambitious, um, but also they uh, on on the Ergo side they, they're got checked a lot of boxes already uh, so they really stick to it and uh, successfully implement their stuff very active team yeah that's uh, what i i like a lot about ergo um so there, there are good chances i think for for both projects also the, there's um small 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 downside in what i told before about about the the networks um, there are not so many projects today that merely read to to run an own chain. Yeah, they're trying to be another platform, another platform for uh, for new assets. Problem is, a lot of interesting assets already have set on a platform. Yeah, so uh, they they will go through a time. Uh, okay, we somehow need to attract some new uh, lighthouse project uh, projects. Um, that jump on yeah, so they can outgrow the mining phase um, it will be interesting it is technically it's a great project and in my opinion highly undervaluated yeah i guess it's now somewhere in the top 200 200 300 some something around yeah. that yeah. yeah something like that and uh, well if you if you look into that, it has much more technical substance than uh, many top 100 projects have. Yeah, so definitely it it would kind of uh, deserve to be there. Um, but uh, yeah, we we need some people picking it up first. Maybe, maybe also that mining boom that can be a chance. 
uh, with regard to the proof of work algorithm. Um, it is kind of nice to mine. Uh, I like it to mine because it uh, doesn't need that much power on the GPU. Yeah, so people can uh, with similar overclocks rather easily switch their configuration without having the problem that you had, for example, on on Raven some uh, the early days. Yeah, when they started with this um, Procpo. Uh, we had some people really burning their cables because this, this proof of work needs more <laughs> energy than the old one that you don't have with Autolycus. Um, yeah, what is a little bit down is uh, I mentioned the, the excess size of the data set before, and this is uh, only 32 bytes there. So we don't utilize the full uh, bandwidth the uh, memory could have yeah and that of course opens the door for a kind of specialized chips um, and it's also the creation of this this data set uh, ergo is accessing to uh, what in eshash would be the deck um, that involves a lot of uh, blake to be compute operations and so it is different to eshash it would be possible to trade this memory access for a lot of Blake to be calculations. And if I look back to the old decrete miners, for example, yeah, that uh, did Blake to be and uh, their capacities back in 2018, 2019, when that was a kind of hype. It, in theory, when you uh, do the full trade, give away all the memory and instead do the compute, then these devices would be able to mine at about 100 mega hash on the Ergo chain. So uh, if Ergo really, really gets successful, uh, it could be we see um, also ASICs sooner or later. Mm. <laughs> good for the network, not so good for me. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> Speaking of ASICs, uh, what makes ASIC mining different than GPU mining? Apart from the hardware itself, of course. Well, but the hardware is, is an important point here. Um, on, a, on a GPU, a GPU can kind of run any pro, um, program you give to it uh, that you can code for it. Um, you're much more restricted there uh, with, an, with an ASIC um, because there's no actually programming it in, in, in that sense. Yeah, It's all more or less fixed function. Um, and uh, let's say the, the FPGA domain is kind of intermediate step in between where you have something yeah. you can actually code, but then um, you have a compile time like two days or so <laughs> until you get uh, all the elements set right. Um, yeah, you're more fixed on the function. And also when you, when you create it, it's less coding, it's more designing it because you physically need to place um, place memory physically need to say, okay, here I want this part of the uh, uh, ALU or stuff like that. So uh, it, it is quite quite different in itself. It, it's, in the end, it does the same job, but uh, yeah, coding it, designing it is quite different, um, at least in, in the skills you need. Uh, well, some are equal, of course. Yeah, the uh, thinking and algorithms, that's still the same. 
and uh, most optimization step can be transported. But for example, what is code length in a GPU code is then so, uh, suddenly code, uh, yeah, space on the chip. So uh, you, you will need, uh, you will set a different focus then. For example, using as few space as anyhow possible to place as much logical units as possible on the same chip yeah, to gain more speed out of one chip. And that's different to a GPU where it doesn't really matter if you if you do the code twice as long, but 0.1% faster, then that's likely the way you will go. Yeah. So. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk a bit more about the, the future of mining. We see a lot of uh, changes geographically, certainly since um, the last year, especially. How do you see that changing in terms of hotspots for mining. We see a lot more miners in Europe uh, recently. Do you think this is a trend that's going to continue? Um, yeah, we, we saw a lot of uh, miners now leaving China uh, for quite obvious reasons. Um, I guess what there, there, there are two chances kind of for Europe when it comes to mining. Um, the one is mining more and more gets a business. Yeah, in the beginning, it was more the people uh, running the miners at home. Now it is a business. But when you run a business, um, you need to rely on uh, the environment allowing your business. Yeah, and I, th I think indeed the uh, political stability we have here in Europe uh, is, is a kind of a factor that uh, gives a boost to it because, well, maybe you're kind of giving up to three, four, five percent of your profit, but therefore can be certain you can continue running what you're currently running for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this kind of stability uh, obviously helps Europe. Uh, the other thing uh, is uh, the trend going towards more green energy um, because we recently saw that uh, energy gained from coal um, gets more and more expensive, yeah, burning it. And uh, Europe is quite far ahead of the rest of the world when it comes to uh, pushing, pushing green energy. So uh, uh, before here in Europe, we had this big, big drawback that the energy for mining is much too expensive. And uh, well, this um, now, it is still expensive here, but it's, it's leveling much more out than before. Well, additionally, right now we're, we're having this uh, bull run in the whole crypto market. Almost all coins are up when you look uh, on the yearly base yeah. and up quite a lot. Uh, of course, this, that helps high energy priced uh, countries like we have here in Europe. Uh, when we get back to, into a bear market and uh, ETH hash going to proof of stake, there might be we will see some some bounce back uh, to, to to the cheapest to, to, to yeah. China and Russia uh, just because well um, yeah your margin is smaller then yeah and so uh, energy at the end of the day there, there is a profit and you're mining for profit yeah, and, and energy for... price will then uh, get be more will be more a topic then yeah mm. okay uh Let's talk about uh, lol miner feature. Uh, will you add other algorithms or focus on perfecting the current ones? 
as you, you previously said, you're currently focusing on LHR. Yeah, right. But what right now it's, yeah. it it makes absolute sense uh, to perfecting uh, the current codes more. Um, I've got a quite long bucket list of stuff I I wanted to do and want to try out, and so. Uh, uh, I think we will see some of that stuff now in, in the near future happening. Uh, but then when it comes to next spring, um, I likely start uh, testing out other algorithms and uh, somehow to diversify myself uh, if I want my own business to yeah. continue after Ethereum <laughs> uh, is moving. Yeah. So uh, then I will certainly add the one or other uh, new algorithm there. I think LolMiner doesn't support uh, uh, Ravencoin, right? Yeah. Not yeah. yet. <laughs> that, that's one. That's one. That's one that should be on your list. Certainly, yeah. yeah. So, are you following the latest uh, Intel announcements? There's some interesting things happening there for the future with the InnoSilicon. Uh... Oh. Yeah, well, up. Of course, I'm, I'm following that. I, I wouldn't do my job well. When <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, actually, I, I, I tried to get my hands on uh, some, some Intel testing cards, but uh, have not arrived any yet. Um, I think, um, yeah, the moment they are kind of available, uh, there will be uh, also a demand for, for mining software running on it. And uh, since I've got some OpenCL background and both uh, of the cards will be OpenCL compatible, uh, I certainly will give them a try. Um, yeah, the inner silicon uh, announcement kind of did surprise me. I heard of that already yeah. last year, but then was uh, surprised. Okay, it's now actually uh, going to be a real product. Um, Still not sure when uh, the market entry actually will happen. I guess there was nothing about that uh, in the recent announcement, just the pictures and the rough parameters of the cards. Uh, when it comes to mining, um, they look like very low power GPUs, um, but with a decent performance um, without overclocking, without um, having having memory hacks, I would assume about 35 to 40 mega hash. Um, and that would be something okay. Well, why not? If they're cheap enough, they will be bought. And uh, and if there's stock, that's the most yeah, important. Exactly. If, if there is stock, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, uh, that's maybe a general just, problem. <laughs> right, right now yeah, you can kind of just, sell just, any graphic cards. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe just for our users, uh, there are two new uh, companies starting to manufacture GPUs. One is uh, InnoSilicon. It's mostly known for ASICs right now, and Intel, uh, of course, yeah. uh, so, will start making GPUs again. Actually, they they I think made one in early two thousands or something like that. Yeah, and then they they got some experience with integrated GPUs, but now uh, entering uh, well also the gaming market. As far as I know, Intel also um, the the head of Intel's. Um, GPU uh, facility before was an AMD guy. So, yeah, um, he's a, a Ruji, something like that. Yeah. His name is. Uh, yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, as certain as, uh, as well. But... And the, another interesting thing is that InnoSilicon named its uh, GPU after Intel founder. <laughs> 
it's called uh, Morse, Morse Law, something like that. Okay. And this guy, Mor Mor Morse, just Google it later. Uh, he's he founded Intel, and uh, the law is the the law law about uh, like he said that uh, there will be the chip performance will double double each two years. Something oh, like that. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that guy. I recall. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, what's your you, okay? You already talked about supporting these GPUs. Yeah, and uh, as I think uh, it, it applies to both. Uh, when I, when I can get my hands on, I'll certainly write a code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, at the moment, it's well. Also, manufacturers are not that um, that open to to give away samples at the moment. Yeah, um, it was a little bit different when I started. Um, for example, in um what was that 28 was it 2018 no 2019 when uh, beam and grin started and sapphire did release this uh, 16 gigabyte rx 570 i just asked them if they could handle me over one and it, they actually did i was surprised about <laughs> that but uh, at the moment in a silicon and intel are not uh, that responsive unfortunately <laughs> just to let you know the sapphire made another mining gpu now called g pro x080 and this uh, what is in fact a, a kind of uh, amd chip on it yeah it, it's uh, pretty, it's pretty similar properties to uh, rx uh, to 5700 to six six seven hundred yeah sixty seven hundred oh, okay it's very similar to that one a good card can 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 yeah. be run at very low voltages. I like that. <laughs> very very energy efficient. Yeah. There's some more things to play with. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, I think we could go on for like an hour. Certainly. But well, we're, we're yeah. already over time now. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. Thank you very much for for joining us. It's been really interesting to to talk about talk with you. Hear about Longmind and all the projects. Definitely look forward to to speak to you again sometime. But yeah, that's all Thank we have. Thank you time guys for very today. much. <laughs> Thanks very much for the invite. And I hope, uh, well, if we have the chance to talk again, that then this whole pandemic is over, and I could just uh, set myself into the car and join you over there. <laughs> so yeah, you're you're that, welcome that, here. That will be kind of great things doing the same we're doing now, but uh, all sitting on the same couch side by side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I look Anyways. forward to that. Great. So yeah. So thanks everyone for joining us today. This was a nice talk, and we're talking here with a developer from Longminer. And Lollmine, of course, is included in uh, Nysash Miner. So if you haven't tried it already, then make sure you head over to our website and check it out. And that's all for today. And we'll see you all next time on the next episode.